You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. Second Chronicles chapter 7. I know that it's very easy. Oh yes, all of our kids, you are dismissed this morning. You are dismissed. Some of them have already made their way down to the kids' church area. But you are dismissed this morning. Come on, give a big, a big hand clap of appreciation for those workers and for our children this morning. We give honor to them. If you are looking for the nursery, it's down the hallway, second door to the right. And uh, Sister Vicki, the Lord richly bless you, is watching by camera. Uh, if you need to be able every once in a while to just let your kids know that you are alive, that you have not run out on them, just look back at the camera. They'll, they will see you. So, uh, so anyway, it is so good to, to be able to have you here this morning. And I know that on cold mornings like this and when all kinds of issues are going on, there's a lot of reasons why not to stick your toe out of the bed. Those moments that your toe comes out of the cover and you're like, burr. It takes sometimes the wheel and a heart of that that wants to come after the Lord to go, you know what? I can't stay here any longer. I'm going to miss being in the house of the Lord. Sometimes it takes a whole lot of courage and a whole lot of willpower to just push that toe into a foot and into a leg as you come out of bed. But I want to say thank you very, very much for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 7. If you have it, stand to your feet this morning as we honor the Lord. And as we honor the word of God this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Verse 1 this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 1. If you have it, say Amen. amen. If you're still looking, say glory. If you're just going to use the cheat sheet, say ouch. So this morning, hopefully we've all found it by now. If you are looking for where it's at, it's after First Chronicles. So, uh, hey, I'm here to help. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. Listen to what the Word of God states. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Lord Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, that's what we want. The glory of the Lord to fill the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Lord have mercy. I truly believe, brother and sister, that whenever the presence and the power of God begins to move in lives, sometimes it disrupts programs and it disrupts things that go on in our life. But I'm here to tell you something. If you will allow it, God can do something that is beyond what you even can begin to imagine. Amen? Lord. It's the reason why, brother and sister, we don't just cut off after a 
two songs, three songs, and just one time through the chorus, one time through the verse, and shut it down, and let's move on to the next thing, and let's get done as quickly as possible. Why? Because, brother and sister, we want the glory of the Lord to fill the house this morning, and we want Him to be feel welcome to do something in the house. Amen? Ooh, Jesus. Go and look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, let him feel it. Verse 3, when all the children of Israel now uh, or saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and they worshiped and they praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. My Lord, have mercy. I love this because, brother and sister, understand something. Whenever the Lord shows up, there will be an effect on the people around us. There will be an effect. The greatest church growth that you will ever experience is when the power of God starts hitting a building. The greatest kind of church. Why? Because it is true growth. Oh, I ain't got time to talk about it. But brother and sister, understand something. That's what we want here at Rose of Sharon. We want the power of God on display. And not only do we want the power of God on display, we want to see hearts. We want to see lives change. We want to see faces on the pavement. We want to see the glory of the Lord. Mm, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So this morning, let me just share this morning. We're going to preach this morning on a place for the Lord to dwell. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you honor. We give you praise. We give you all the glory for what you've already done, for the presence of the Lord that we've already felt. Dear God, for the touch of heaven, Lord, that we've already experienced. But now, Almighty God, we pray, Lord, for the foundation of the Word of God to be placed upon our lives, that we may build, that we may see, dear God, the power of God seen in this place. And Lord Jesus, we will give you honor. We will give you glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen and amen. Before you see to tell two or three people, say, we want it. This morning, I want to preach for just a few moments on a, on a place for the Lord to dwell. And you know, this morning, you'll see it at different places all over. And from the best of you to a lot of the artwork to a lot of the other things, you'll see it in banners later on. You'll see a lot of the things of, of a phrase that we've kind of incorporated here at the church and that we use quite a bit and and you'll see it more and more as we begin to put up different other things but just states this welcome home and it has a double meaning here at rose of sharon because of a few different reasons number one we do want anybody that walks in those doors we want them to feel at home we want them to be able to experience a smile. We want them to be able to experience somebody that generally, generally cares for them and wants to experience the glory of the Lord happen in their life. We want to see their lives touched. We want to be able to reach out to them. We want to be able to bring them into the community of faith. We want those that are seeking after God to be honestly touched by the power of, of God. But those that are running from God, we want them truly and honestly. We want to welcome them, but we want them to make them just feel as uncomfortable as possible. Not by us, but by the presence of the Lord that begins to deal with them and their situation.
So this morning, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I just want to share this with you. I want you to know this, that you are as welcome as anybody in the world. We love you, and we want you to be able to receive something from God. And we're going to love on you, and we're going to bless you. But, brother and sister, this morning, the Lord, He still wants to make you uncomfortable. Why? Because the reason is this. Have you ever been, up, have you ever been woken up in the middle of the, or in the morning by somebody that does that devilish kind of thing? They go there, and they flip on the lights in your room. You're like going... Now, they do that because they're trying to be able to get you up. That right there it comes to a place that, first of all, when I walk in my daughter's room, I turn the fan off. And that's is usually enough to be able to, for her to stir and go, oh, it's hot. But then if worse comes to worse, you go in and you just flip on the lights and all of a sudden the world ends. Why? Because immediately it, is, it, it hurts your eyes that the light is on. But when you got to get up, you got to get up. Brother and sister, let me share this with you. That is what we're hoping here. That you, yes, you feel at home. That God touches you in a real way. That you are welcome here. That you know that people love you and want the best for you. But I pray that the anointing of the Lord turns the light on in your life. And you see that you need to get up and you need to do something. Because time is slipping away and your life is in need of help. So that's what we want here. So it holds a double meaning in that, that we want to be able to have you feel welcome, but we want the power of God here in a way that allows you to be able to see that there's changes that need to take place in my life, and I need to come to a place that I deal with those situations. And sometimes for us to deal with situations are problematic in our lives, and it causes us trauma sometimes whenever the lights come on and we're like, ah, but it's good for us. This morning, that's what I want in your life. I want you to be able to know that when you leave, that yes, we love you, but you've had an encounter with the Lord that changes your perspective on your life. Amen. And brother and sister, realize this. We, we also have a double meaning in that home is kind of our statement of what we want the church to be. We want to be a place of hope. We want to be a place of outreach. We want to be a place where you are maturing into the man and woman that God has called you to be. And that you are that this is a place that you experience the power of God in a dramatic, life-changing way. H-O-M-E. And that is what we are wanting in this house. And this is what we are wanting to be able to grow in this place. And this is what we are wanting to experience in a very, very real way. So brother and sister, understand this, my friends. That yes, we are in a place that we want the glory of the Lord to move in a real way here and now. Yeah. Brother and sister, I understand something. I understand stories of yesterday. I understand stories of, of man, uh, Lord, I grew up around the fire of old-time Pentecost. I know what it is to be able to see brush arbors. I know what it is to hear the stories of how pre preachers are preaching and watching Cal get hit up there by the road and watch it run over and roll over and roll right into the altar service. I, I, I've seen and just seen all the miracles. You know, Shan was talking about how that God had done all these miracles and different things. I remember so many moments that changed my life because I saw things that completely just went, made me go, what? 
things that always stick out in my mind. It was an afternoon service over in, in, in camp meeting up underneath the open air tabernacle back, in the, back on the campground side. And, and I remember that it was an afternoon service and this guy that back in the day when I was a kid that sometimes they would fuse if they couldn't be able to repair things or whatever, but he had a knee that he'd been in an automobile accident and he had, had it fused. And he would walk straight leg. And I remember so many times, why, and I, I still remember this, as the power of God hit him, as he was coming to a place in the middle of that altar service, I remember hearing that pop and watching as that leg popped into action and began to move and watch him run up and down the steps and run around the, the altar. And I'm like, going, what in the world has gone on? The power of God done something amazing. Seen the dead brought back to life. Seen deaf ears open. Seen amazing things in my lifetime. You have seen, many, many of you have seen crazy, amazing things. But understand this. Every story that we hear. Every situation that we have heard in the past about what God has done. I want you to understand something. God is not a God that is regulated to the past deeds that He has done. God is not regulated to the past deeds that He has done. He is a God not of what has been done, but He is a God of wanting to do that today and into the future. Do not regulate God on what He has done. Your relationship with God should not be of just what He has done, but what He is doing and what He will do. For too long, too many in the church have come to a place that we have always looked with such beautiful golden memories of years that have passed, all the while forgetting exactly that God does not have you in deep freeze. How many of you have ever been in one of those positions where somebody has made something and they put it in the refrigerator or maybe they froze it so that later on they could be able to heat it back up. Many times, we have many churches that are in this position. Many times our lives sometimes are like this. Where God has done something fabulous in our life. And we're like, this is awesome. This is great. This is our glory. Many times in our life, what we do is we will take those moments and we will put it into deep storage. And all of a sudden, what becomes in our lives is we remember God by what He has done according to what we have in storage. My freezer is full of what has been done, what I have prepared. What has, been, what, has, what has been made what is, so that I can be able to put it in the freezer so that in a moment I can be able to pull it out. But brother and sister, understand something. God is not a God of just the freezer. God is not a God of just the moment that once was that I can pull it out and just try to warm up that little bit. God is a God that He is a fresh cook, if you will. He is somebody that wants to prepare a meal for you that you can be blessed today, next week, and the week after if you will just get into a place that allows God to work in your life. Brothers and sisters, understand something. If we are in a position, if you are in a position where 
that you are constantly coming into a place where you are moving into deep storage, those moments, and you find yourself looking toward what has done more than what God is trying to do. And brother and sister, understand this. It's time for us to come out of the utility room of our lives and close the door and say, Lord, I know that you have done a lot of things and I know that you've worked a lot of things and I know you've been blessing in my life and I recognize it and I thank you for it. But dear God, over here in the refrigerator where there is actual something that it needs to be cooked, dear God, pull it out of my life. Begin to cut it up. Begin to put it on open flame and allow God to cook something in my life. And with that, I'll stop talking about food for a few moments because I know that's what some of y'all are saying. Brother and sister, understand this, my friend. The Lord, on this Sunday morning, He wants to begin to birth things in your life that you have not had. Maybe that you have been to a position where you thought about what has been, but God says you need to stop thinking about what has been as the very focus of your life. And begin to put in focus what God is doing now and what God wants to do. Lord have mercy. Look at Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. For I am the Lord. I do not change. My Lord. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 states this. Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. What he has done, he does do, and he will do. Mm, let me say that again for those of you that did not catch that the first time. What he has done, he will do, and he will do tomorrow. Mm, Jesus. My then sister, understand something. God is a God, not just of the past. He's a God of the present. He's a God of the future. And under, until the point that we get to a place that we begin to believe God that what He has done, that He can be able to do now, and that He will do tomorrow, that the faithfulness of the Lord does not come with an expiration date, but the faithfulness of the Lord is something that is fresh. It is something that is viable. Day after day after day after day, you will stay where you've always been. But God says, it's time that we see the glory of the Lord like we've never seen here in Tiffany County. God has not changed But if God has not changed Then Have we changed Because understand this Brother and sister If God is in the business of wanting to be able to do What he did yesterday Today and what he wants to do tomorrow And brother and sister If he is in the place where he wants To do and brother and sister, where, what has happened in this whole movement? What has happened that we are not seeing like we once saw? What is happening in our own lives? If you are not, if you are not experiencing the level that you hear and that you once remember, then realize this, brother and sister. God is a God not of what just once was. He is a God of today. He's a God of tomorrow. And He wants to burst something in you Today. And so this morning, I'm going to talk a little bit about today. We're going to talk about a little about next week. And maybe even the week after that. 
from this passage of Scripture, we're going to be talking a lot more about this. Being a place for the Spirit of the Lord to dwell. Brother and sister, if the Lord is wanting to be able to do that in us, and my friends, brother and sister, if He's wanting to do it, let's find out if we are in a place where we can be able to allow it to happen. How many of you have ever picked up a glass before and you start to pour something in it and you realize that there is a leak in the bottom of it? We did a game at youth camp years and years ago where I took a a cup and drilled holes all the way around this big cup. And and the, and the, the object of the game was to take the cup and to pass it over their heads across the team. And you're talking about 30, you know, whatever kids in line, and they're passing on top of their head, just getting drenched as they go. But the object of the game was they also had to have somebody running back and forth from a swimming pool that constantly filling up the cup and trying to keep it with water all the way through. Let's just understand something. That's difficult to do. Brother and sister, understand something. The Lord understands if you are in a position where what He's wanting to put us in and wanting to put inside of us begins to leak out. He wants to put us in a position so that we can be able to receive everything that He has. So if I'm going to drink something, I'm not going to use those those cups that I put holes in. No. I'm going to find me something that will hold the contents of it. This morning, God is looking for individuals. He's looking for a body of believers that will hold what he wants to be able to do in us. And so today, over the next few weeks, I want to talk for just a few moments about what God wants us to be so that he can pour out the very glory of the Lord in this place. And so to have the glory of God fall in this place and feel this place, first thing I find in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, I want you to flip over there. 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Look at verse 1. I'll tell you, the, the awesome thing about not having a watch is this. You cannot get mad if I'm late. But, I know you will. So anyway, <laughs> so... I'm going to try my best to go as quickly as I can through here. 2 Chronicles chapter 5. And I want to take a few moments. I want you to be able to take these scriptures down for just a few moments. Because I want you to catch a hold of this. Chapter 5, verse 1. Don't just just concentrate on on the screen. I want you to look at it in your Bible as well. I want you to mark it so you can be able to come back to it. The temple must be equipped. First thing, you want the presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord to fall. Realize this, the temple of the Lord must be equipped. Look at this, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver and the gold and all the furnishings, and he put them in the treasures Of the house of God. Now verse 2. Now Solomon assembled the elders of Israel. And all the heads of the tribes. 
and the chief fathers of the children of Israel in Jerusalem, and they might bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord up from the city of David, which is Zion. Now look at verse 4. So all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the ark. Then they brought up the ark and the tabernacle of meeting, and the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle. And the priests and the Levites brought them up, also King Solomon, all the congregation of Israel, who were assembled with him before the ark, were sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted nor numbered because of the multitude of them. In other words, that's a whole lot of them. Listen to verse 7. Then the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord into its place, and the inner sanctuary of the temple to the most holy place under the wings of the cherubim. I love that. I could preach that, but I'm not. For the cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles. Brother and sister, understand something. Notice in verse 1 that the building was complete. The building was complete. The place that held it was complete. Four walls, a roof. It was complete. But understand this, the glory did not fall when the building was complete. Let me just share this with you, brothers and sisters. Yes, we are trying to be able to update a lot of different things. From the platform to the community room, we got the Sunday schools and all the other stuff that we've got to update. Yes, there's a lot of things that we're in the midst of trying to be able to update. But realize this, if our hope is some lights on the stage, then our hope is in the wrong place. If our hope is in anything else that concerns visual things and all kinds of other things, understand this, our hope and our focus is in the wrong place. Yes, this is awesome. Yes, these are great things that are going on. Yes, it's awesome as we begin to update. But understand this, brother and sister, It is not the very thing that will drive the presence of the Lord into the building. It was only after the temple was filled with its furnishings, with the utensils, that the priests could be able to fulfill their call. And the stage was set for ministry. That the glory of God fail. Brother and sister, understand something. Yes, we want to see the power. And yes, we want to see the glory of God. And yes, we want to be able to see God do great things. But understand this. The glory of God did not fall until the very utensils, the very thing that the ministers were in a place to be able to use, could be able to be brought into the temple that allowed the fullness of God to be able to be seen. Brother and sister, you want to see the fullness of God? You want to see this place echo and reverberate 
with the very majesty of the Lord. You want to see even as Isaiah saw it, that the very train of the temple was filled with the very glory of God. That the glory of the Lord moving and healings and all kinds of stuff going on as God is made manifest. Understand this, if you want to be a part of it, then fill the house with the giftings that are needed to see God move. Let me tell you something. Yes, understand something. In the Old Testament, priests were the ones that were mediators between God and man. These mediators between God and man, they used as a medium to be able to cover the sin that would bring sinful man to a holy father. Was the art and the deed of sacrificing animals that were innocent for the blood to flow and the blood would cover the sin of those that had committed. In order to be able to do that, guess what they had to have? Stuff. They had to have an altar. They had to have all the utensils for the sacrifice. They had to have all these things that were types and shadows. They had to have lampstands. They had to have all this stuff to do what God had called them to do. And before the glory fell, all that had to be brought into the temple. Understand something? Yes, we do not have a brazen altar by the door. Neither do we have a gate that says, Bring your sheep. Bring your oxen before the Lord and let us kill it before we enter into the holy place. You did not see that. Why? Because it's a new day. It's a new covenant. Praise God. Old Testament has been fulfilled. Thank you, Jesus. We're in a new place. But realize this. There is something in the house of God that we need to be able to have. And that is this. There are steel utensils. There are still means for ministry to be done. There are still utensils that are needed in the house of God. What are they? Brother and sister, they are us. They are our giftings. They are our abilities. They are who we are. They are the very things that God has invested in us that allows us to be profitable, that allows us to see great advancement into the kingdom of God, to be able to see the glory of the Lord be in a place that, yes, the glory falls, but yet there's ministry that allows it to be properly executed and administered to those outside the walls. How to disciple how to be able to greet, how to be able to love on people, how to have ministries of hospitality, how to be able to have ministries that allow us to reach people when they come. Yes, brother and sister, understand, it is needed. Realize this, brother and sister. This is what the Word of God states. Look at what it states in, let me find it down here, in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 4. The Word of God says this, Coming to Jesus as a living stone, Rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious. So what is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus Christ being the cornerstone. What is the cornerstone? Cornerstone is the very stone that you would place 
at that type of building that would give dimension and it would set the boundaries for that part of the building. That's what they went off of true. It was true. It was in line according to the cornerstone. It was a thing that they would set. The entire building would lean against that cornerstone on those two sides. Why? Because it was built anchored by that cornerstone. And Jesus says this, that He is the cornerstone. That we build the church by that cornerstone. Now look at this. Look at what He says in verse 5. I know we shut up shouting for just a moment, but listen listen to this. Verse 5. And also as living stones. Jesus is the cornerstone. But now He says this, as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Recognize what He called you and me. He called us what? Living stones. We are living stones. To what? To build up what? A holy priesthood, a spiritual house. Oh, Lord Jesus. Let me just share this with you for just a moment. Realize this, brother and sister. You are important. You are needed. Understand this. No matter who you are, no matter what your gifting is, no matter what situation that you've been out of, no matter what your life is now, you are needed in the body of Christ. Because, brother and sister, You are what the church is built on. You are what allows the glory of the Lord to be executed and to be administered to the community at large. If your arms are short, then the very glory of the God cannot be spread to those around us. It is in us that the very glory of the Lord has to be executed through and has to be administered to. Let's just listen to what the Word of God says. He says you are a living stones. That you are spiritual. That are being built up to be a spiritual house. You are needed. You are needed to be faithful in your walk with the Lord. Do what? Yes. Listen one more time. You are needed as an individual. You are needed. Because through you, the glory of the Lord is going to extend. It's how the glory of the Lord is administered through the body of Christ. How we reach, how we minister to our own individuals. Realize this, brother and sister. We want to see the maximum glory that can be exposed in this community. Then we need you. And as an individual, we need you to be faithful in your walk with the Lord. Why? Because as you experience personal revival, so the church experiences corporate revival. Let me tell you something. Don't you sit here. Don't go home today and say, that pastor, oh, Pastor Tim, he just sweats too much. He screams too much. He's way too active. I can't follow him because my head hurts by the time I get finished with service and everything else. Don't get mad and don't get excited whenever you go say, oh, I tell you one thing, that worship, it was just terrible. That's terrible. Terrible. I just... (laughs) 
I just toss it, make you just stand up, make you lift your hand, make you stop covering for all I'm standing. So realize something, brother and sister. Let me just share this with you. If you're upset because the Lord didn't move in this morning service the way that you wanted him to, my question is this. How much did you pray this week? Thank God there's no hymnals in the pew. Somebody would have thrown one at me. Just understand something. You are needed because you have an effect. If you are truly been in the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord is not something that you just say, okay, I'm going to church, so I'll leave you here and I'll come back and get you. No, it is something that comes with you. And when you walk in and the presence of the Lord is there, and you are, you bring in the presence of the Lord. The atmosphere around you changes because of what you have been doing in your personal time. So, brother and sister, if you're in a position where you say, well, say we just don't have church like we used to, my question is this, are you praying like you used to? And, and if you're praying the same as what you used to, but you look around at all the saints that we have lost in the past year. And you look around at everyone that has, that, has, that has gone to be the Lord or moved off and everything else. And you may turn around and you may say, well, I wonder why that it's different then than it is now. I'll tell you why. It's because they actually brought the water for you to drink. They prayed it through. They sought God for you. And when you came to church, they were like, wow. You thought it was easy because I'm sitting next to Sister Warhoop. You know? And when Sister Warhoop was, Aah! and she starts her jig, and you're beside her, like, ooh, I feel Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you! And all of a sudden, you got because she had it. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is this if you're, if you're saying, Pastor, we just. You know, the service is not like what they used to be back in the day whenever Aunt Juju and Brother so-and-so was out over here doing that and that. Then my question is this. Why don't you become Aunt Juju and why don't you become Brother And why don't us bring forth revival in our own lives that allow God to do something? Personal revival brings corporate revival. Corporate revival does not come because you have a preacher here. Corporate revival does not come because you just bring in a group. Corporate revival comes whenever individuals come to a place that they have a personal revival. And out of personal revival, then it begins to spread. And the glory of God is revealed. Mm, Jesus. Listen to this. You are needed as an individual. Why? You're needed to catch the vision of what God wants to do in this church. And as I said a few moments ago, support it through prayer. Pastor Tim, I, you know, I, can't, I can't lead people in worship. That's okay. 
Realize this. You can pray. Realize this, brother and sister. I don't care. Listen. Prayer is one of those things. It does not matter if you are up on the platform or if you're in the seat. If you are a discipleship group leader, if you are whatever it is that is going on in your life or anything else, whatever type of ministry that it is, I don't care if it's visiting people, I don't care whatever it is, there's one overlapping gift that you have to have that is common from here to there. It's common from those making, uh, doing hospitality ministry in the back for fellowship times and everything else that goes on. It is one overlapping gift that we must have what is it? It is called prayer. Prayer is what we must have. You need to grow. You are needed to grow in your walk with God. And in the call of God on your life. You are needed. Listen, brother and sister, how in the world are we able to grow and disciple People as they come and not send them to another church to disciple them. Ooh, I know I just hit it. I know I just I know I just hit something right there that you're just. <gasps> but how can we? It's because we need individuals to say, even as the Lord has given me, I will give to them. Can I just share some of the greatest things? I remember as a child, and that is you never ever had to have so-called, you know, uh, uh, recognized small groups in ministry or small groups in the church back whenever I grew up. Why? Because people automatically did it. Yes. Somebody come to the altar, you see, oh, sister, you know, sister long, you know, sister bun on the hair, on the head, she'll come up, come here, baby, come here. Come on, sit right down next to Aunt so-and-so. We just going to, come on, sit down next to Aunt Glory. And we're going, I'm going to show you how to live for the Lord. We didn't have to have small groups. Because I remember, they were fighting to get to you at the altar. It's like, you know, like people dropping the people's elbow. Get off of her, it's my turn to, to disciple. Come to a place that they're just, they're fighting over who's going to be able to have a chance to be able to disciple them. My sister, my question is, who are you discipling? Listen, brother and sister, if you do not have somebody in your life that you are discipling actively, that is that is younger than you in the in the faith, then you are failing the Great Commission. Pastor Tim, you don't, now don't look at me and say, oh, Pastor Tim, Pastor Tim, that, that's not my job. Bull hockey. Right? Matthew 28, brother and sister, does not have a, excuse me, pastors, church leaders. It's for all of us. Brother and sister, we are in need of you to grow. To come to a place that you grow up in the faith. And that the knowledge that you have, that you give. Yes. Because that is the only way that we can continue to be able to grow as a body of believers. Let me quickly, my time I know is, is, is escaping. Listen very carefully. We need you to catch a vision for the work of God. And we need you to support it. Yeah. 
You are needed in your church attendance. Whenever my phone gets blown up on a Sunday morning because of excuses left and right on why I can't be able to make it, I pray for you. My question is this. If those are not real excuses, I also pray for you. Now, what do you say, Pastor Tim? You don't want it to know? No, I want to know. But I know this, brothers and sisters, so many of the time, we can be able to allow little things to keep us from the very thing that is important. Why is it important to be in the house of God? Because you matter. You matter. When you come to the house of God, you know what you bring? You bring the very presence of the Lord that you've been talking to. Whenever you come, all of a sudden it can be able to build in the atmosphere to expectancy. Why? Because if you expect something, it has a way of rubbing off on everybody else. Whenever you are there and you are supporting in church attendance, what begins to happen is we don't all the time look for you. You can't lead if you are not here. I know some of y'all are saying, oh, Pastor Tim, you've got to get back to the shouting stuff. you got to get the shouting stuff. But listen, you can't lead if you are not here. And you are in a position, brother and sister, that if you want to be able to see God do amazing things in this body of believers where the glory falls in ways that we cannot even begin to accept, then understand this, you have to be in a position where you are here to be able to fuel what God is doing. Jesus, Lord have mercy. Because brother and sister, you bring excitement. You bring passion. You bring power with you. And when you have individuals that couple themselves together in passion and power and in excitement level, I'm here to tell you something. You can't have church. Brother and sister, finally, we need to be able to... You are needed to support the work of God in our giving of our resources and of our time. You're needed to be able to give these things. We are needed, brother and sister, for you to be faithful to Him. Because in that faithfulness, it drives everything else because you can be counted on. The Lord wants to build something in this body of believers like we haven't seen before. But understand this, it can only happen as we come to a place that we are accountable and understanding that God needs to use me in a real way. And if God can be able to use me, then all of a sudden, whenever the priest is ready to be able to see and to be able to work the work that God has called the church to be able to do, he has the ability to be able to do it. Listen to this. Listen to this very, very quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Flip over there to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Understand something that the church is not really a building. I don't, really, I don't have time to get into it, so I won't. I'll talk about it a little bit more next week. Church is not a building. It is the people. Yes. It is the people of God that have been redeemed. That they are following the Lord together. They're growing in knowledge of the Lord. And they're growing in the giftings that the Lord has given them. The church is freedom. Freedom in Christ and freedom to flow in those gifts 
that God has been given. It is the ministry of individuals that have bonded together that allows this freedom and allows the glory and the majesty of the Lord to flow out to those around us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to hit this as we finish up this morning. I'm going to jump all over chapter 12 this morning for just a few moments. And I want to share this with you. Look at what it states in verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is all the same God who works all in all. My Lord, let me just say that for just a second. You may say, Pastor Tim, I don't have what everybody else has. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glad you're here. Thank God. Why? Because we don't need a whole church full of me. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Woo. Thank God. I don't even want to deal with me half the time. Lord, have mercy. That's not a good time to say amen. Not a good time to say amen. Sister, but understand this. You are you. You are you because God has ordained you to be you. With your giftings, with your abilities. And realize this. He says this. There are diversity of giftings. There's diversities of abilities, of activities. There's diversity of all the. As I get older and I realize something, even last night, as I sat there and I thought, bless God, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 3 years ago, I'd have been hyped up at a, ter- a trail of terror, shooting zombies. Now, I'm just thinking, dear God, let's hurry and get this over with. Cold truck is over there. And the heater can be turned on. All of us have even caused this, even activities. Somebody tell me, I really don't have a gifting. I have more of an activity. God can use it. I know of a friend of mine right now that has seen a hundred people, one to the Lord in the past few years, by doing nothing but rock climbing. You know what he does? He goes and invites people. You want to go rock climbing with me? And so as they're hanging off of the ledge, he starts talking to them about faith in God. Their church started a small group ministry, and they, and he was like, "Listen, the pastor was like, I'll give you some people." He said, "No, I, 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 no, don't give me anybody. I'll fill it up." Somehow. And he took his rock climbing gear and just started inviting people. You know what happened? His small group had to be divided so many times. Why? Because he kept seeing people one to the Lord. By doing nothing but doing an activity. Rock climbing. What is an activity that you can be able to do that God's blessed you with the ability to be able to do? Why can't you use it for the glory of the Lord? Why can't you be able to use what God has given you just to be able to see God do the, extend the glory and the presence of the Lord to your community? Why in the world can't we be able to do that? Listen to what he said. Listen, let, me, let me finish this passage of Scripture as we, as we get ready to close right here. But the manifestation, let me just say, look at verse 6. But the same God who works all in all. The same God that works behind the pulpit is the same God that works in your activity. Yes. 
Same God that works behind the pulpit is the same God that works while you're doing whatever you're doing. Where whether you're cleaning bathrooms or whether you're in the hospitality area and you're being able to serve people, it doesn't matter just as long as you're in a place where you let God be able to use you in a way. Look at verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of what? All. All. Why are you important? Because what you provide, nobody else can be able to give. You are important this morning. Verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members that of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, and we've all been made to drink into one spirit, for in one fact the body is not one member but many. But now God, in verse 18, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. Verse 19, And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Where would we be if everybody had the same gift? Where would we be if nobody was willing to be used? Brother sister, if you want to see the glory of the Lord expanded in this community, it's time for us to become a part to see what God is being able to do. We are many, but we are one. You are important. You matter this morning. Don't let the enemy talk you into, oh, I'm just so-and-so. No, it's just little old me. I got nothing. Bull. That is nothing more than the lie of the enemy. Brother and sister, you have a reason. You have a purpose. You have a gift. And as God uses you, the very people in your orbit, in your sir, in your sphere of influence will be touched and changed. If you don't touch them, how will anybody else touch them? Heaven will be populated because you don't listen to the enemy. Because you are important. You are important this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, you're important. Look at yourself this morning and say, you're important. Close your eyes across this building. You are important. You are important this morning. The body of Christ is many, but you are needed this morning. morning at the very beginning of the message I said I want you to be welcome this morning but if the Lord if you have things in your life that you need to be changed I want you to realize something that the Lord Jesus loves you if you're here this morning you say Pastor Tim I do not know Jesus as my personal Savior but as you were talking about things that needed to be changed in my life immediately I knew that's me that you were talking to me and I know that the Lord has something for me. And I know I'm living below. And so I need you to pray for me this morning. 
I need to get things right with the Lord. If that's you, I want you to just lift up that hand across this building. The one here. In the name of Jesus. Mighty God. Anybody else?